In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Buds and Beads Sparkling and Loose Leaf Teas. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Have you ever done something that you'd expected would make you feel one way, only to find out you're way off the mark, Vic? Yeah, I did acid once. Talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things when I was about 14, I thought, oh, that would be fun, and ended up on some mind-expanding trip 
in which a wolf destroyed my brain. Wow. Yeah. What was the environment? Where were you? Oh, it's just me and my mate standing on a bridge buying some drugs off some young dodgy bloke, thinking it would be really funny, and then just going on this escapade for hours on end, like 24 hours, and being really unwell, and it not being pleasant. And every time I closed my eyes, there was a wolf growling at me. How did you How did you do 24 hours at 14? What did you, did you oh, we were home? in my bedroom. Yeah, we were in my bedroom. And I thought my bedroom was a floating vortex. Wow. And my parents were downstairs in the lounge. And they never got wind? No, of course not. No, I was very good at hiding all those sorts of things. Yeah, so that was not great. No. I thought that was going to go well. It didn't. The other thing I tried recently that I thought was going to go well was wakeboarding. Oh, yeah, to impress your son. Yeah. And? Awful thought my arms were going to fall off. Oh, no. You're going to do it for a year and then surprise him. Yeah, once was enough, never oh. again. Sex with strangers, Hamish. Mm-hmm. I used to try that more than once. Sure. To see if it could get any better. And it didn't. <laughs> no, it never got any better. I just had to deal with crabs and some un- unexplained chaffing. It left a sort of emptiness inside me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Good three-prong answer. <laughs> yeah. Three prongs. There yeah. you go. What about you? Losing virginity. Oh, here we go. Yeah. We haven't held back on these, no. have we? Well, I remember think I remember like that happening, and then be like, "Is that is that it? Is that the thing that everyone talks about being the best thing ever?" But <laughs> I actually think I had more sex with the gap between her leg and the bench than I did with her. I think that's what happened. I think the second time I had sex, it was ah. Like, oh, it might have been the gap damn. in your own leg. Do you reckon? <laughs> Just flipped it round. Got it stuck yeah. between your thighs. Yeah. But I also think all the adult things, you know, like owning a home, having a job, becoming a parent, getting married, they all feel like they're going to be huge, like things like my life was different before and after them. But I still feel like a kid doing adult life mm. rather than like, then you do the adult things and now you're a certified adult from now on. I don't feel like that at all. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you think big things are going to happen. And then when they do happen, it's kind of a bit like tumbleweed. Yeah. yeah. You don't change. Just the thing that happened to you happened. Yeah. It's a really bad way of <laughs> saying it. Where are we it. going, Nissan? Where are we going Where we're going is I want to talk about that feeling of expecting one thing only for it to feel a different way with regards to sobriety and giving up alcohol. Please don't tell me you've written a whole episode about the loss of your virginity. No, you've basically got the bullet point version of my virginity That's story there. That's all more I need. Than enough. Yeah. No, I'm talking to people who may have just given up alcohol for a 30 day challenge or a year or maybe longer and expected their whole worlds to change only to be disappointed with the results. Yeah, I feel like this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. They give up alcohol, which in many ways is the tip of the iceberg, and expect this to cure everything that lurks below the surface, the root of what drove them to overdrink in the first place. Not only does this feeling of disappointment drive many people to drink again, but it leaves them feeling like they're truly broken. I gave up alcohol and I still feel awful. What's wrong with me? The truth is, there is more to work on than simply giving up alcohol. Much more work, in fact. And this should not be seen as unmotivating or a hill too tall to climb. This is where the real rewards lie. The obvious place to start this episode is to explore our own experiences of why we really drank. For almost all of us, 
This will be down to a combination of reasons. But if you are considering going sober or still in the early stages, sitting down and thinking about this question is going to be a worthwhile exercise. If this isn't something you've done before, I'd actually recommend taking a moment after this episode with a pen and paper to write down your list. Vic and I will share ours now and I'm sure some of our reasons might mirror yours. So Vic, you're going to get started. Why did you really drink? Well, I started this list, Hamish, and I could have gone on all day. Yeah. I had to cu- I had to cut it off at a point because I would have just been talking for an hour. Right. There were so many reasons. Of course, everyone drank around me growing up. It felt like it wasn't an option not to. It came along at the perfect time. I was unsure of myself with boys. I had no idea of what career I wanted and I wanted to rebel. I was a perfect candidate for booze. It filled a void of a lost friendship. I was bored. I'm from a small village on the Thames, it was either drink or Morris dancing classes or young farmers or okay. ballet or tennis. There wasn't anything else I was interested in. So drinking was the more fun option there. I liked being the instigator of something. I liked being good at something. And I had the key to the drinks cabinet, which gave me a power over my mates. <laughs> like there was booze in the house and my mates' parents didn't have booze cupboards like we did. Sure. So that key gave me an absolute power over friendships because I had the power to entertain everybody just at the twist of a key. And it was one thing I was so good at. I learned from a young age that people wanted to have fun with me because I knew how to drink and I had access to it. It allowed me to fit in. There were so many things I could keep going. Booze was coming at me from every direction and I didn't really feel I had a choice. I was like bullseye Hamish, a drinking target when I was just a twinkle in my dad's eye. Yeah. What about you? I guess for me, that main one, again, was the fact that everyone else was doing it. If I really honestly look back at myself then as a teenager or my early teens or my early 20s, I don't think I was truly confident enough to stand out from the crowd and not drink. I think I wanted to fit in and be cool more than I wanted to not drink. Mm. That's not always an easy thing to admit, but I think that's probably at the crux of it for a lot of us. I wasn't a particularly reckless character and I think I found some freedom in acting as if I was with the use of alcohol every now and then. So I sort of felt like I could put on this like, way fuck it hat when I was drinking, which truthfully wasn't what I was like. So it felt kind of liberating to pretend to be that person a bit. I took some time to think about uni when I was writing this. Okay, I think a lot of people ramp up their drinking and drug use when they get to uni. And I think it struck me that at school... I found it easy to be a kind of big fish in a small pond. Because, yeah, at school I was in the first team of sports. I was the head of house. I was a school prefect. I had a girlfriend. I was kind of popular. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I had a girlfriend, so... Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hey, who's got a girlfriend? But then you go to uni and you are very much a small fish in a huge pond. And I think because of that, like the way that we make friends is to party. And the way you party is drinking drugs. Mm. So I think maybe there's something to something in that we're all like searching for identity and desperate to make friends because we're a no one now that we've gone to uni that booze is like the easiest way to do it. It's the like the easiest way to fit in. It's all I party. People like people that party. Drink is a part of that. 
Uh, yeah, we talked about yeah we talked about last week about that whole I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, that came up a lot at uni. Yeah, that was, it was almost a trigger. You said that I was like, oh, I hate people that say that. It's a bit like that party girl episode that we did, isn't it? We're talking about identity and reputation, and and you create this persona for yourself, and in the end, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. And I think really at the root of a lot of people's drinking, whether or not you know it or not, or have in a place where you can admit it or not, is this sense of an insecurity. This idea that I'm more fun after a drink, I'm funnier, I'm more comfortable chatting up people the opposite sex, I dance better. Basically, I am better after a drink. I am not quite enough as a sober person. I think mm. really that is probably at the core of a lot of people's drinking and more so than I would like to admit it, it was probably at the core of mine. Is that why you wanted to write this episode, Hamish? That's what I was meant to ask you at the beginning. Like, what, what when you wrote this, when you mm. decided on this topic, because me and Hamish take turns each week and deciding on a topic, and it's funny how they reflect our different stories, don't they? So, no, that wasn't it. What it was for this is I heard Macklemore oh, in yeah. an interview recently. He, he relapsed during COVID and, you know, he was booze and drugs and he got sober, sober for X amount of years. COVID happened, he relapsed. And he basically was emphasising the point that giving up alcohol isn't enough for a lot of us. Like if you do have a, a problem, then just cutting out the booze does not fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, like there's a lot of work around it to maintain your sobriety. Yeah, Going sober, great, it gets you sober. It doesn't necessarily keep you sober without the rest of the work. Oh, you could use that as a quote, Hamish. Oh, I just well came off done. the top of my head. That was impressive. I am impressed. I'm the guru now. You are the guru. Finally. Fine, funny you say that. John, um, my husband's given up drinking now mm. for what? I don't know. It must be coming up to a year. Very similar to me. Six months to yeah, a year yeah. at least, yeah. He hasn't counted because it's just something that's organically happened mm-hmm. over time and he's having these little moments of wisdom throughout the day he'll suddenly say something and I'll be like oh he's getting it now and like he's kind of learning on the go about what sobriety is and it's just really interesting to see him learning and changing his attitude towards alcohol and everything that we're talking about here is happening to him Mm -hmm. at the same time and it's so nice to watch his realizations in real time it's like watching myself five years ago and yeah god bless him he's he's right he's right into it now have you got any wisdom of his that you can share no I i would never pretend that he's got more wisdom Okay, me. Of it's never going to happen. Like that. He's better at doing the washing than I am, that's for sure. That's as good as he's getting. But when it comes to sober, I will always be the queen. It's, yeah. it's weird that you make him call you that. Yeah, the queen. The sober queen. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Only in sexy time. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Have you got the list of why you drank figured out in your head? Haim and I were fortunate to have not turned to alcohol to fix larger psychological battles. Well, partly, I would say me, not so much you, but I think with my anxiety, I certainly did. Depression, grief, trauma and difficult childhoods. I mean, everybody's got a bit of those to a certain level, I would say. There are countless routes that might have led you to developing an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Whatever led you here to the point where you were over drinking to this exact moment, even when you're listening to a sobriety podcast, possibly for entertainment or to look for answers and shared experience through a community of like-minded people it's important to be able to trace it all back to your precise reason for drinking write them down are you getting into gardening home no not really i'm i think i'm more into it than you are you've never mowed the lawn but why do you ask i wanted to know whether you have ever de-weeded your garden yes every few weeks 
You're not going to ask me to do yours, are you? No. Oh, <laughs> no, we're not talking lady gardens. We're talking oh, actual gardens here, Hamish. Do you weed your lady gardens? <laughs> Everybody what? weeds their lady garden, oh, don't they? What an image. <laughs> Just de weeding in here. Don't come in. Uh, the real reason is slightly drawn out, but I think a well meaning metaphor. Okay, go on. Why do you think you de-weed every few weeks? Because often I just pull up the visible bit of the weed and not the whole... Ru- oh, hang on. Yes, here we go. Look, you're I loving this, see, aren't yeah, you? No, this is good. Go on. I'm more than just a pretty face, Hamish. So basically, guys, you've got to pull up the root of the weed in order for it to not come back two weeks later. That's... That's the genius. Yeah. You probably figured it out before. I, I just have to I'm spell it out. Con- I'm still confused. Oh, you know, you're still confused. <laughs> I feel like I have to spell it out to people like Vic, yeah. who are still slowly... The, the, the mind is... the tog, What's it? The the clogs in the mind are slowly... The clogs? Is it clogs? The Dutch clogs? Or, it? or the... Oh, here we go. Yeah, the cogs. The Rapuznel. 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 What's that name? Her name is for Rapunzel, Rapunzel, and it's clogs, not clogs. Although Rapunzel may have worn clogs at some oh, no, point. No, it's too meta. You lost me. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is, Hamish, we need to look within deeper to get to the root of the problem. That's it. Okay. A lot of us will write the list of reasons we overdrank and do some simple maths in our head. We go, okay. All of these reasons led me to drink, so I give up alcohol. Then all of these problems go away. Right? Wrong. If only it was that simple. Giving up alcohol just pulls up the head of the weed. It's called the head of the weed, isn't it? I don't know. Fuck it, I have no idea. But the root remains and will regrow and rear its ugly head if unattended for too long. Vic, the day you gave up alcohol coincided with you addressing some of the root issues through seeing a therapist. So in a way, I think that might have saved you from falling into the trap that this episode is really about. What was it like for you? Well, I think by saying there, Hamish, you say I did therapy. What we're saying is that I did the work. Yeah. I did the work that I needed to do to be able to have a very secure sobriety. Yes. I started off on the right foot. Those two things were on the same day, right? The same day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good tip. Yeah, which is a good tip to get a therapist on the day you decide to give up drinking. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. It was very confronting going to see a therapist because I meant I had to go in somewhere and say, well, I think I might have a bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. But it was surprisingly healing to say those words because I had to face it for the first time. Dredging up stuff from the past did seem quite pointless because I didn't realise when I went in there that that was affecting me. I did not know that all of the weeds were causing me to be poisonous, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Nothing else had stopped me drinking so far. I wasn't solving the problem on my own, so therefore I had to trust. And I had issues that I never knew about, which was really, really fascinating. For Like the tsunami, for example. Mm-hmm. I used to tell that as a story, as part of something that had happened to me, that I had, you know, my partner had gone missing and my bar had been destroyed and all of that. I never considered myself to have trauma from it. Mm. But when it came up in therapy, I burst into tears. Right. So I think that's a sign sometimes, is that you haven't really dealt with something. All this emotion came up about it, all the things that I saw in the week after it Um, and it was a lot of horrible things and I just kind of pushed it aside and gone well that's okay have another drink probably all of it revealed the reasons why I drank and why I'd been so unkind to myself and so I always say that therapy and and the work as we call it is like 
having a pack of cards, Hamish, and the therapist has the cards and the cards are all different stages in your life, all these different things that have happened. And it's like she spreads the pack over the table and you know it's all there and you're not sure what any of it means. And in therapy, you're able to pick out the cards that you want and put back the ones that you don't. And you're left with half a pack, which is your new life. And it helps you build a foundation. And with that, you get to see a bird's eye view of your life. You get to look up, look down, from above and see where you've been going wrong and pick out the bits that you want to keep you see your good bits your bad bits and you work out what has been going wrong with your life therapy when questioning my alcohol intake unearthed lots of issues therefore I dug up the weeds I chucked them in the compost I planted new seeds and I got to plan the life that I wanted I got to choose how my life looked and start again and I blossomed You've never done any gardening. Did you have to Google what they all meant? No. What's compost? What's blossom? What are seeds? It did take me a while to realise what like compost it. was. You're running with the metaphor. I ran it. I decided to run with your metaphor. I like today. it. Were there any causal issues that you still had to work on outside of your therapy, or you still work on today? People pleasing. Yep. Still one I worry about what people think of me I try to not worry what I try to have boundaries but it's still something I I struggle with I did go back to therapy when I started to get some hateful messages on on Instagram really yeah Yeah. I just went back and I had a session with her and said look this is making me feel shit I can't I don't absorb all the good messages that I get and I I get really affected Mm -hmm. by the the bad ones it makes me feel really sad I go into a sort of mental turmoil when someone sends me hate mail I must remind me not to read any book reviews when my book comes out, Hamish. You do need to do that. That is fucking hard, though. Yeah, I, I don't. You, they do affect you, and the, and the book yeah. will get. It will get bad like, reviews. It'll be the same as yeah. podcasts, right? Good and bad. I think it will break me. I need to not do it. How it affects you, how, my heart. How can you train yourself to not do it? Well, because Hamish, that is my personal story. That's my life. Yeah. So it's like someone going, "Your life is shit." Yeah. Yeah, doesn't I don't care about the writing or whether that's good yeah. enough. I, but someone says to me, "You are shit. Mm. <laughs> My your book is shit." It's like saying, "Well, your life is shit." But how are you going to avoid them? <sighs> I don't know. I think I'll just have to go to therapy once a week. Uh, don't you? I don't know. I, I'm. I just wouldn't even go looking for them. I guess the podcast ones are tricky because we get an email every week which has some reviews in it. Yeah. So that's it's quite hard to avoid them. You can go looking for them. I don't go looking for them. Mm. You sometimes find some that I haven't seen. Yeah. But yeah, the book would be the same. Like just it's easier said than done to not to not look. People pleasers should not write books. Yeah. Or have podcasts. Or have podcasts. Or, or put, switch off can you yeah. switch off reviews? Is that a thing? I don't, I don't know. You shouldn't put yourself out there if you're a people pleaser mm. because all you're doing like maybe that's why I put myself out there. Mm. Again, like it's more psychological yeah, yeah. than we imagine. Could be. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself through through all of those? Through the therapy. Through the causes, like the people pleasing or the opinions mattering. Like what, what have those taught you? Well, I've proved that everybody is deserving of therapy. I didn't think I was. And yeah. having to struggle through things and not be able to solve them myself has led me to seek out other support, which I think mm. is always an important message on this podcast. And that no problem is too small for help. I felt like insecure going into anything because I felt, oh, I'm just a silly old mum with a silly little drinking habit and I'm not worthy. And I also learned through all of this that 
anybody can evolve. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like me giving up drinking was evolving and growing and blossoming, as you say. And I feel like anyone can do that. And you get so stuck in a rut and feeling like you've got sober and then nothing else is going to happen isn't actually true. Whereas you do evolve throughout this whole process, no matter where you sit, even if you're a year or two years, there's still evolving happening. Mm. And I didn't know that humans could evolve. I thought the cavemen had already done all that for sure. us. And that people can change and grow and live a life they never expected. I never expected to be a house, you know, a house plant. Well, yeah, I guess that goes without saying. And nor had I. A writer. And yet I here we are, two houseplants recording a podcast. We'll do a, we'll do a shot of the, the two I never expected to be a houseplant. That would be the, the title of this podcast episode, I reckon. If we were houseplants, Hamish, we would both be dead because I am shit looking oh, after yeah, plants. You would kill us. Yeah. I have grown as a human, but my yuccas are fucked. And the cactus I bought, uh, the spines fell off and it now resembled a shriveled up mouse's penis. Oh, God. Yes, it does, though. I'm going to show you it. I'll show you it and I'll compare it to a shriveled up mouse's penis. That's my concern is that you know what a shriveled up mouse's penis looks like. Doesn't everyone? What are you Googling? (laughs) Reassess what you're Googling. I'm just a plant. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a cactus. No. (laughs) You're a human. (laughs) Is that that game? You know the game Cock or Ball? No. Cock or Ball is when you, I guess you wouldn't, you are not enamoured. So I would get either a little bit of my cock out or a little bit of my ball out <laughs> and I'd show it to you and you'd go do you reckon that's a cock or ball and you'd go I reckon that's ball and i go no that's my cock similar with cacti or mouse penis okay excellent I'm glad that we, we know that game it's, yes excellent cock or ball love it what about you apart from that all that I haven't played that game all that waffle <laughs> Uh, is it different for you, given that you gave up alcohol without having a major problem with it? I think for me, doing the work around the why is a more fascinating exercise rather than like an important tool to keep sober. So mm. it's more like a joy rather than a necessity, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally does. And I know that I'm lucky to be in that position. I know that that's not the case for lots of people who have to give up. I think really, when you boil it all down, sobriety is a great way of proving to yourself that you are enough. I found out that I'm still an extrovert without alcohol. I still love dancing and going out, even if it is a little more awkward than it was before. I still have a big, in- actually, I have a bigger interest and passion in exercise, eating healthily breath work and cooking than I ever thought and I really like writing and recording these episodes in the hope they connect with and and inspire other people I think at the same time it's important to address some of the sobering realities pardon pardon pardon, well done Uh... what is there a pun there (laughs) no it's not a pun it's just you're just trying to be clever that's all am I yeah. I know, I've written that and I don't know where the funny bit oh, is. Yeah, I don't know where it is either. Okay. Um, a question that you will get asked a lot, no matter how long or short you've been sober for, is, wow, do you feel the best you've ever felt? Mm-hmm. You get this? Yep. And you want to say yes. It feels like it's the right thing to say. It feels like that's the answer they want to hear you say. But the truth is, sometimes you feel shit. Or most of the time you just feel fine and sometimes you feel great. It's, a, it's kind of the same as when you were drinking. There are going to be up days and bad days and fine days. I don't feel like I can honestly say, yeah, I feel the best I've ever felt every day and my mm. life is rainbows and unicorns now. And I feel like you need to prepare yourself 
when you are newly sober to the fact you're not going to feel amazing every day. It's very true. I mean, it's because you're living on this more content line, which we talk about a lot. Mm. There's not these massive euphoric highs anymore. And you do sometimes get out of bed on a Sunday morning and go, yeah, I feel amazing. And I'm so pleased not to be hung over. But then stuff happens, normal day to day stuff. And it brings you back down to this very normal line of where you live your life. Um, The disappointment of just feeling okay, that is, I guess, despite what might have been a monumental effort to go sober can be enough for many of us to turn back to alcohol you feel shortchanged I know well I think you give up alcohol and then you expect your life to be like a musical yes so bouncing out of bed and everyone's singing and dancing and everyone's got choreographed dance routines and then you die of old age in Mm. the arms of Julia Roberts yeah (laughs) that was what I thought life would look like yeah Julia Roberts really that's a bit old school that one yeah it does age me a bit it it? does a little bit yeah okay die in the arms of Billie Eilish Ariana Grande yeah (laughs) Yeah. someone a bit younger and cooler (laughs) So, Vic, what do you mean by this phrase, doing the work? Well, I think it's something that comes up in the recovery community quite a lot. It means that once you get sober, you can't just get sober and then everything's okay. That's what we're saying with the therapy. You have to eat it, breathe it and sleep it, Hamish, sometimes, (laughs) especially if you've got a really severe addiction issue. You sort of have to drown yourself in sobriety like you did with booze and gulp it down until it leaks out of your Doc Martins. Doing the work means you have to work on yourself, your whys, your past, your needs and failures. And you have to dig that hole and jump in feet first and then claw yourself back into the light. This process is going to be really emotional for most people, painful and perhaps a little itchy, Hamish. It will take time and it won't come just by stopping alcohol. It comes when you decide to delve into who you are, what you're made of and who you want to be. The reason you feel bored or empty in your newfound sobriety is probably because you haven't done the work yet. You haven't looked beyond giving up alcohol and maybe not addressed the trauma or grief or the insecurities that drove you here in the first place. You need to turn yourself inside out. Is that what cock and ball is? Yeah, that's basically cock and ball, yeah. Yeah, you turn yourself inside out. That's it. Okay. You have to wash off the mud, clean up the bits you don't want, and then step into the new you. That does sound a bit like Silence of the Lambs. I don't mean make a skin suit out of dead people. That's not what we recommend. No, we don't recommend that. All I mean is take a deeper look inside your heart and mind to discover who you are. There's the guru again. Yeah, no (laughs) skin suits. Sure, okay. Yeah. It's for this reason that we recommend that anyone that gives up alcohol for any amount of time do a combination of a few of the following. Of course, therapy helps you unravel. Could be a beach walk or a Zoom meeting. Doesn't matter how you interpret that term therapy, but whatever works for you. Have a look at doing some kind of sobriety course, whether or not it's AA or a sort of guided 30-day challenge. There's loads of help up there, paid and unpaid for you to find. Yep, go and join our cuppa community. As always, we're going to recommend that. There's loads of lovely people on there. Read some Quitlet. Yeah. Fixed. Then We're going to be pushing your books. Yeah, so yeah, we are going year. to be pushing it big time. Read some Quitlet and then just think how brilliant the person is that's written it. Yes. And, and then, don't email them. No, and don't don't buy the book and then share it with your friends. Make sure they also buy the book. Yes, yeah, don't do that. No. Yeah. Please don't. And definitely share. don't get it out of a library, any Quitlet no, books. No, not interested. Buy it at full price. Yeah. Or um, or is it the Audible? You might get paid a bit yes, more. Yes, yeah, get paid more for that. Do Audible. both. Do both, yes. yes. Yeah, don't share it. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. Oh, we're very oh, self-indulgent today, awesome. aren't we? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Here it is. Everything you need is in our 90 episodes. Mm-hmm. 
the guide to sober life. Experiment with new experiences. Like pouring vinegar in your eyes. That's a nice one. Yeah. yeah. No, I was going to go with good experiences rather than like... Oh, okay. Right, yeah. I get that one. No, but, I wasn't sure. No, I, I was more thinking like get out of your comfort zone. Okay. Do something you've never done before to build your confidence in your sobriety and build your newfound self-confidence. Star in a porn film. That was a nice one that I thought, yeah. Star in a porn film. Mm, I'm not sure about that one. No? Okay. No, but I did look up some good names of porn films very quickly after I saw you'd written that. Well, my favourite one was Grinding Nemo. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Or Edward Beaverhands. Yeah. And Night of the Giving Head. I just thought <laughs> I'd add those in there. <laughs> oh, hang on. Ace Ventura, Crack Detective. Oh, yeah, that's another one. And Dawson's Crack. Oh, Men in Back. Arse. <laughs> <laughs> A- E.T. the extra testicle. Oh, they could, you could play oh, cock and ball nice. on that one. So, I yeah. like the fact I write something like star on a porno to make you laugh and you take with it and you run with it and then you do the research. I do, I do. That's good. So yeah, if you're questioning your sobriety, Google porn movie name parodies for a laugh. It'll cheer you up on a sad it, day. It'll cheer you up, yeah. Any more wisdom you want to add, Vic? Put your tongue in a plug socket. Just for, just for a buzz? Yeah, give a stranger a wedgie, then run away. Very good. Yeah. No, what I really want to say is, I know this might seem hard at first, and you might not feel like it's clicked. That's the question we always get put, asked on Cupper, isn't it? When will this click? Yeah. What you do is you need to remember why you started this. If giving up doesn't feel like enough, don't regress to where you started. Don't take a step back to who you once were. Go forward, feel the awkward, do it anyway, and just keep going. It will get easier, and it really will be the best thing you ever do for you, your family, your wallet and your extra testicle your extra testicle yeah the extraterrestrial testicle oh the third yeah Yeah, the third (laughs) close encounters (laughs) of the third kind Martin Luther King quote oh yeah I added this on here Hamish because it worked if you can't fly then run if you can't run then walk if you can't walk then crawl but whatever you do you just have to keep moving forward what I love about that is just saying don't go back to drinking Mm. because you know it doesn't work for you even if you're questioning it and you're having a wobble don't go back we've got another one here which says sobriety is like a lot of things in life oh no this isn't it quite this is what I wrote oh (laughs) I'm going to start quoting myself to quote Hamish Adams Cairns. Well, I've been quoted in a few books I recently. Know, and yeah. I haven't. So this is me quoting myself, just so I feel like we're on even... Okay, yeah, let's... Here, I'm going to just, introduce you. Wait a second. You could. This is a quote from the very famous author, Hamish Adams Cairns. Yeah, to follow Martin Luther King, mm. and just before we get to Einstein, Hamish Adams Cairns. So <laughs> I say Weinstein there? Ha- not Harvey, don't... We're not quoting Harvey Weinstein no. on this podcast. Here is what Hamish Adams Cairns said. Sobriety is like a lot of things in life. You get out what you put in. By really doing the work, maybe one or two or even all of the things we just listed, not only will you find your sobriety more rewarding and longer lasting, you will begin the process of self-improvement. Oh, actually, you do sound quite good. I feel like it was too long, actually. No, no, I liked it. Okay. It, was more, it was more like a section of your book that you've written okay, good, good. one day Thank you. in the future. You're going to buy the book. You'll be the only person that buys my book. <laughs> yeah, I will be. If you can understand yourself more, love that person and heal some of the wounds that led you here in the first place, that is where you will find the real gold. Who wrote that? Is that you as well? That's, is that, yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're so clever now. I am. Yeah. Okay, Arthur Golden. Let's really get to someone that knows what they're talking about. Adversity is like a strong wind. It tears away from us all but the things that cannot be torn so that we see ourselves as we really are. Oh, excellent. I love that one. Disappointing affirmation. You're doing the best that you can. 
which is pretty fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah. I actually love that episode, Hamish, because I do think a lot of people in sobriety get to a point. In fact, we had someone on, on Cuppa do it recently where they were like, guys, I'm going back in. Mm. They decided that they'd done two years of drinking and they were going to go and give it a go right. again. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. Well, I had to say sort of good luck. I wasn't going to say, don't do it, don't do it, because mm-hmm. everybody's got their own journey with this but I was so concerned and I was so pleased a week later where he wrote back and just said I've had a think about it I've had a few sleeps on it and I remembered why I started this in the first Mm. place and it was because alcohol wasn't working for me anymore and he was getting sucked in by everything by his environment and culture and was getting sucked back in but he put his foot down and just knew that he'd done the work and it was time to just keep going at what he was doing Well, I think it's important to say you know depending on where you are on that scale of drinking Giving up alcohol might be the easy bit for you and doing the work could be really the challenging, confronting, oh my God, I need to revisit a childhood trauma. Mm. Or for it might be the opposite end of the scale where giving up the drinking is the hardest bit and the rest might feel easy. Yeah. I think that's important to say because they're all connected, really. Giving up drinking and why you're doing it and the actual process of not picking up the bottle are all connected. And if you don't do half of the work, the rest suffers. I think that's really the point I was trying to make in this in this episode. Yeah, I think that's so true. Oh, I loved it, Hamish. I think it's a really good point to make. And, and just to let you know that things do get easier. The longer you stay, the longer you stick at it, it will get easier. Do you fancy a game of Fanny and Arsehole? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, do you know what? I thought about that about 10 minutes ago. And, and I've been it. trying to hold it trying to hold it in because I was so pleased that my, my nice. female cock well, and ball game because cock and ball is only for the male listeners. yeah I'm, so I'm inventing a new one fanny or arsehole fanny or arsehole yeah how do you because what no, I do I'll show you I'm, don't, I don't please because yeah. I sort of squeeze either wait, the cock and ball over the top wait, of the trouser wait a second how do you squeeze a bit of arsehole over the top of a trouser I think we'd better leave <sighs> this episode needs to end I'll show you how you get a bit of arsehole out of the oh. <laughs> Oh, our intellectual podcast reigns again, Hamish. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Fix got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now, wherever you get your podcasts. 
and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? There's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay. yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Buy it. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. (laughs) 